Hey, what's up, listeners? Welcome back to Scrivenland Podcast. I'm your host, Lady E. D. Scriv in the building. What's going on? All right, D, you know, she normally shoot out what we got going on, but we're going to switch them up and I'm going to do this part, right? Today, we're going to talk about overcoming drug addiction while being a preacher. So, you know, with a special guest, which is... Lamar Lawford. Welcome. Welcome back. This is my cousin. Sucky cousin. <laughs> he's been away for, for a couple of years. Ten years. So he's back in the building. He's our very special guest. So this this is exciting. I'm excited to interview this young man. And we grew up together, went to school together. But I finally have him here so we can touch bases. Because it's been a long time, you know. First off, how are you? I'm good. I'm 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 I'm, I'm good. How y'all doing? Alright. Still breathing on my part. You wife? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling blessed. I'm happy. Well, you are. That's what's happy. Happy. You're happy. <laughs> <laughs> so you got something like how um, you know like where do you where want to start? Yeah, where how going? do you feel comfortable? Well, my thing is just ask the question. Like if 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 I did, I did what I did. You know, I, I wasn't ashamed of what I did. You know, out there in Atlanta, in front of God and whatnot. So, so I mean, what I shouldn't be ashamed. What, what did I do? Well, in Atlanta. First off, um, I started doing crystal meth. I don't know if you guys know what crystal meth is, but I started getting high off of crystal meth. Um, I did that every day for about five years. Um, From crystal meth, it went to doing crack, and then it went from doing coke. Well, so what what triggered you? I would never thought that you would go this route. Like, in school, you will always be like this minister, preaching to people, and like, pouring into other people. Like, what triggered you to go that route? Well, the thing is, whenever being young and always knowing that you had a calling on your life and um, knowing that, you know, what I, what I, growing up, what I went through and whatnot, you know, not being with my parents, X, Y, Z, that's a different concept, a different day. Um, I felt like I no longer felt love. I felt like I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, I, you know, and then sometimes not having, sometimes it plays with your mind that you don't have a support system. Not having a support system will really tear you up where you start searching for whatever to replace that love, whatever to replace that support or whatnot. So you will try anything. And that's how I am. I want to type that I was fearless. I would try anything. Presented to me, and I, my foolish self, I was willing to try it because that's just what Lamar does. So, hold on. My question is, how was you introduced to crystal meth? Like, you know, you been out and somebody say, "Man, let's try some crystal." You know, like I, you know, how that went about. Well, I was okay. So I was introduced to crystal meth because at first I started smoking weed. Started smoking weed. Um, but then everybody knows me knows that I love hanging out with white people. And not to say, you know, you know, they're the only one that, that does the drugs or whatnot, but I got introduced by selling. 
um, my roommate or whatever, he sold the crystal meth and when he was selling, my thing was I wanted to know what I was selling to my people, what 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 made, you know, how they was feeling or whatnot. So then that's when I started to sample and from sampling, went from sampling to doing it every day. You been selling this shit and you wanna put it out somewhere? <laughs> God damn, we all could have been straight. <laughs> like you know, like being being inside the ministry to preach up whatever you know, you, you had to hide where you had to basically live uh, a double, double life, life, basically. Alright, I got you. Yeah. But how did you feel like living that double life? Like did it bother you? Um honestly it bothered me to a certain extent where I did step down out of the pulpit. I no longer wanted to preach the gospel and let people see me the way that I am or whatnot. But then at the same time, I was just bold with it. I just didn't care. I just didn't, you know, if somebody see me, they see me or whatnot. But I mean, honestly, and then to be honest, like, I enjoyed doing it when I did it. Wow. My God. So did you ever felt at any moment that God had ever left your side during that trying time in your life? Like, what did you feel like? I never felt that God left my side, but I felt as if I left his side. Um, I felt like as if I stepped out of the ark of safety, I would not. But this is the thing about it that, was, that might blow a lot of people's mind. Every day that I got high, I always worshiped. I always went into a praise. I always give God what was doing to him to the Bible says, you know, and all things we ought to give things. Not saying that what I did was right, not saying that, but I acknowledge God every day that I did it because I my thing was God, don't kill me in the midst of me doing what was wrong. So you were trying to get that high down. I wasn't trying to get that high down. I wanted to get that high up. Oh, okay. But I want him to you meet me get there. Right. <laughs> you know I want him to meet me there. However, I know that you know it wasn't that, but I always acknowledge him. I always told people, listen, yes, I may be a minister or whatnot, but let's go into worship before we go into another cloud, another level. I will not and the people they will they went with me. I ain't gonna lie, there's some people who got saved underneath you know going and because again i never hit what i did i let them know hey this is what i do you know it's wrong but god still yet deals with me like you know reigns on the just as well as the unjust correct how long you been clean um i'll say this um i've been clean since i've been home um how long have you been home? Oh, I've been home since. Okay, so let's start over. This is this is not this this is not my first time stop doing it. I have done it before where I went cold turkey. So you had a relapse. Right, basically, you know what I'm saying. I, I went cold turkey where God where God took the taste out of my mouth instantly within a it was almost two years. I was amongst people that did it but didn't want to do it or whatnot. And then when I came home again, I whatnot because number one, I know that. Nothing can, I have, nothing can attach itself to me unless I allow it to attach itself to me. So when it comes down to the drugs or whatnot, I know that I had the power and the ability to stop doing it or whatnot. That's how come it was easy for me to stop cold, cold turkey or whatnot. Um, and with that being said, um, I, I stopped 
or whatnot. And tell it right now, I don't have the craving for it. I, I, I don't, I don't go and feed for it. I would not. Yes, I still carry some of the tools with me. I would not. And yes, you know, I should not carry a lot of people say, well, you know, don't carry it because it, you may fall, just fall back into it. But all the time I carry it because I could look back and say, okay, this is where I came from. And basically one day I'll be able to destroy it and break it because I no longer live in that lifestyle anymore. And that's just what you it got, is. You got it as a trophy to show what you know. What basically. You okay, I can see that. Basically. You got a question, baby. Do you see yourself writing a book about your life? Um, it's funny. Um, I thought about it. Um, and yeah, I thought about it, and I just had a, I just had an aunt actually, like um, a couple weeks ago, was like, you know, if you should write a book, because a lot of people really don't know the things that I've been through, or whatnot, some of the things that God healed me from, some of the things God delivered me from, or whatnot, where I could have been dead. However, He kept me in the in the, in, in my foolish ways and my foolish myths, or whatnot. Me playing wash Russian Rudolph with my life, He still had company. And so for that, yeah, I mean, I feel that I should write a book because it should have been. It should have been me who he should have wiped out a long time ago. Where I have witnessed people's heart explode because they got high and that was it for them. But for him to give me another chance, at the chance, that's why, you know, I'm forever grateful. So yes, I think I would write a book. Cool for that's what's up. So oftentimes you say that God has given you chance after chance. Do you believe that God's grace may run out upon you? Absolutely. Many chances that He has given you. I would say this. I, I, I pray that God's grace don't run out on me, but I do know that God's grace does run out. I do I do know that God, at some point, God said, hey, you know what? Enough is enough. This is it. I'm tired of warning you or whatnot. Because the Bible says that one to come before destruction, and I do believe in that. Because there's been many times that God warned me. Many times God said to me, He said, Great time is over. I remember one time God said to me, He said, Enough is enough. And that's my theme for this year is enough is enough. And that's what God spoke to me. He said, Enough is enough. And I feel that He will get tired to a point where He said, You know what? I'm tired of delivering you just to go back into the same foolishness that I deliver you from. So at that point, it's nothing left to do. Nothing left. This is the part of the show. Well, we go back to the crystal man. That shit ain't make you fuck a dog or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even. White, white people do some stupid shit. Honestly, I'm not racist. These guys are just speaking how they feel. And it's crystal, you know? This is some this different is stuff, and different he's things. just curious. Yeah. We're asking open, honest questions. We're live right now. No judgment to the people that do. Oh yeah, we, we don't know at all. We don't we're, judge. We're we just all got talking. habits. Yeah, know, we all have so. habits, and it's life. Life happens. Right. But to ask your question, no, I never wanted to hump a dog. <laughs> however, however, the first time that I did it, um, I um, they would say it's called slam. I slam. And that's when you inject yourself with the needle. That was the very first time I ever did it. And yes, your hormones go up. Your hormones go up and you be up for like four or five days and you're trying to find who, whomever to have sex with or whatnot. And, and that's, yeah, but to to, to, to have sex with an animal, <laughs> I, 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 
That was done by the cup of tea. Alright, you were shot or you were drink? No drink, right? So back to you said you used to sell it, correct? So on average, how much money did you make? Oh God, selling it. I'll say this for a ball. All of my clients were white, wealthy individual when I was in Atlanta. So for a ball, it's one twenty. And if I, you know, I'll say I'll probably make like seven something in a day if I have my same five customers I would not but the thing is that money went towards me and my living um, because like doing that drugs or whatever it makes you like like having a job it will be the last thing that's on your mind you just, you want to be up you want to be alert I mean you, you want to have fun it's called it's partying so that's all I was doing was just partying partying and preaching that was it So what message would you give a struggling addict or preacher? I would tell them, be true to yourself. Yes, you're going to have people that's going to knock you down because of who you are in God. And people are going to talk about what you do. But until they have walked in your shoes and know how it feels or whatnot, just pray and ask God to help you and deliver you from it. Don't listen to what people say or what other kids because with all the time, whatever, that will make you go back into the drugs even heavier because they don't understand. Or whatnot. They judge you, but they don't understand you. And the thing is, all I needed was for someone to ask me what was going on on the inside of me. And I believe that that would have freed me right from, from day one. But everybody was looking at, well, you do this, you do that. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. Well, it happened. Believe it. No, because being judged. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm open book. So you're saying the reason why that happened, you went that route because you felt like you were often being, must, you were often misunderstood and misjudged. So no, I love it. Unloved. Yeah, you felt unloved. Yeah. I love, like, I was searching for love. And when I got introduced to the meth, that 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 made me feel as if it it, it covered and voided that love that was there. It was really it was really just hurting. It was hurting me to a point where it hurt me to a point where one at one time I remember one of my friends found me just about halfway dead because the drug had done began to eat the alignment of my stomach. But I was doing it every day every day and I thought that the more I get high the more I would feel better but then when I got rushed to the emergency room but because of prayer I will I'll never forget that day me and me and my um, me and my friend he, he, he had his mother his mother came on the phone and she began to pray for me she began to pray and say son get up and go to the hospital I will not by this time I'm still yet have my pipe in my hands still yet doing my thing pain for seven days didn't eat didn't drink didn't do anything but for seven days I was there and when we finally went to the hospital this is a crazy thing about it we went to the hospital the first hospital we went to they were telling us hey don't y'all come here because we've been here since last night and we have not been seen from a doctor yet and so the hospital the, the waiting room was, was packed to oh my god it was packed and at this time I'm still yet crying because the pain hurts so bad and when we went to the other hospital or whatnot as I remember my homeboy's mother's praying, I begin to tap them, okay, God, forgive me. God, I know who you 
are. I know that you're a deliverer. I know that you're a healer. I know that you can do all things except for fail. God, I need for you to heal me right now, not tomorrow, but God, right now. And we went to the hospital where the doctor began to run tests on me. They said, no, we don't find nothing wrong. And when they said they never did not find anything wrong or whatnot, that's when God said to me, he said, your break time is over. Go and go and do it no more. You have a dog food? No, that nothing about it. You you didn't want to eat. No, no, no. I mean, in his room. Here, no, I have never. That's I have never done that. Um, I did cook one time. No, I lie. I did cook probably like four times. That was it for me. I never felt it. I did crack one time. At that time, I felt like I was dead when I did crack. But then I had to program in my mind that hey, you know what? This is this is just a drug. I would not enjoy the ride, and eventually you're gonna come off of it. So once I put program my mind, I was all set. I would not, but I've never, I have never done hair one. I done mushroom before. Oh, all yeah, of the hell them shrooms for you, cause I ain't gonna lie. I don't think about them shrooms. <laughs> I'll say this: it, it it it's a feeling that is kind of hard to describe. It's a feeling that I have never felt before, and I only did that one time. That wasn't for me. Uh, that job wasn't for me. Cause I was about to say, do you recommend? <laughs> no sir. <laughs> so who put you on to the shrooms and all the other drugs that you have been using? Was it the same person or did you live a rock style like Were you introduced to new people like it was it was the same person because see, I'm not gonna say his name, but he yeah. was like the the bait dealer out there in Atlanta. So he introduced me to Dab. I don't know if y'all know what Dab is, but yeah, I got introduced to Dab. I don't Dab. know what Dab is. What's Dab? Dab is crystal meth, and it's the marijuana um, mixed together. And what you do is, you know, and, and, and it takes you in a space that it's like, okay, where am I? Like, to this day right now, I don't know what happened to me that night. That's how crazy it is. So, what are your values in life? Like, what do you believe in most? Like, from all the stuff and all the trauma, do you do you have a trigger? Something that would trigger you to, you know, like relapse? Not intentionally. Oh, what did you learn? From yeah, like what did you learn? Oh, uh, what I learned from this is, hmm, number one. I could get, I could basically die from it any day. Because again, I also was appointed. So that means that I'm putting the drugs in my vein. And to see how sometimes your heart will be racing, because again, when you do that, like, it takes your breath away. But I value this right here, that because God had given me another chance, that I can help somebody else that's going through what I overcame. To help them to let them know, hey, listen, you know, don't you are there's no such thing. I mean, there's no addiction that could attach itself to you because you're powerful, you're more powerful than that. I would not, and how the same way how God delivered me from it, He could do the same thing from you. I would not, and don't worry about what people say. People are going to label you, people are going to talk about your past, people are going to do all that. But the songwriter once said, Everybody saw me when I fell, but nobody saw me when I got up. It's okay. Nobody would never see when you get up. 
They always see when you when, when, when you fall, whenever you stumble or whatnot. And sometimes God will allow you to get up in private and you, and you have to be okay with that. It's okay. Sometimes he'll allow you to get up in the midst of those that, that say that you that say, you know, that, that was there and saw your fall and whatnot. God will allow you to, to shut their mouth out. He will allow you to get up in, in their face just to prove a point to them. I do believe that. So what all would you move back to Atlanta? Absolutely. But why? Absolutely. What would be your reason why? My this is my reason why I would move back to Atlanta. Because Atlanta, I lived out there for ten years. And I'm not gonna say that every day was easy and every day wasn't hard. And how some people tell me say this, you know, I had the worst life, but no, really I did. I had if you ask me, Atlanta taught me how to survive. Atlanta taught me how to look at things in life differently because again, I stepped out in Atlanta on my own. Didn't have a job, didn't have a place to stay, but God provided. God showed me that he still could be a provider. Now, and then there's great opportunity out there in Atlanta. Like, like I tell people all the time, here in Charleston, like I see the same thing, the same family, and, and then like, it's not many opportunity here for me. And then I started my own family out there in Atlanta. So to start something else, it's like, you got kids, nigga? No, no, no. 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 So, we don't know nothing about this. <laughs> no, no kids, no kids. So what's the opportunity in Atlanta that you're missing in South Carolina that you're not able to get? Have you like met up with other people in South Carolina? Did you network in South Carolina to get the success or the thing that you're looking for that in Atlanta? Again, I mean, yeah, um, how do I look at it? It's like, I still look at that here, there's no support system. I still feel that way with, like that. With, with family or whatever, there's no support system. Whereas I can go, I call Essie, hold on. I go to Atlanta and I can call somebody out and say, listen, I need a job, blah, blah, blah. And I know that, okay, they got my back. You know, yeah, somebody's helping. Right, they respond. But here, it's like, I feel that the family feels that because I'm here, I'm here. Because like for example, when my house burned down, I lost everything in Atlanta. I got more people in Atlanta asking me whether you need anything than people here at home. Do you have any fears, sir? Do you have fears? I'm, I'm fearless. You're fearless. Absolutely. I, I mean, I believe that if it happened to me, it was destined to happen to me. I'm not, I'm not gonna live my life in fear. So, Name three things that you think you do well, that you excel pretty good at in life, just generally speaking. Three things? Hmm. Let me I help you with one. <laughs> I can say that I do understand, and I'm still learning. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm the best. I would not really come down to ministering, but I know that I know how to make people think. I, I, I love to challenge people. Um, the thing, another thing that I'm, I'm good at is like me just just dangling like being a people person. Like I love people. I love hearing their problems. I love helping them or whatnot. And I'm just me. Everything I do is good in my eyes. Because I try to do the best. Oh, I try to do my best at the end of the day. Do you think that you're a critical person? Are you ever like too hard on yourself at any time in life or in general? 
Um, no, because in life, I live my life in the moment. I live my life in the moment. Um, so I'll never too hard. I believe that whenever we wear challenges come in our lives, God dealt us that card because if he know that he know that we can handle it. So my thing is this right here. Um, and then with me, I have to have tough love because I get tough love. So sometimes in life, yeah, I am tough for myself. I can't be tough for myself. But that's the only way that I can find myself being successful is if I'm hard on myself. Like, I be seeing all kinds of myself. But it makes me over, it makes me work harder. Don't nobody else try to come in with that foolishness. <laughs> 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 I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, listen, we, we can go toe to toe. Don't try me. But yeah. Man, we did this in the first tape. We ain't done no damn re-record or nothing like that. Normally when me and wifey doing. So I guess the guest that help us out a little bit, type thing, type thing. The first guest. <laughs> we, we appreciate you coming through, you know. No judgment. We provide hookah, your alcohol. You got to bring your own weed. All right. <laughs> All right. But the preaching, we ain't part of none of that. So, but. On a positive note, I'll end on a positive note. A positive note would be make someone smile every day. I never forget you're someone also. Take a full hut. Y'all be blessed. Have a great night.